0: Hi, I'm Shelly, and I'm
1: Nicole, and you're listening to the baby pro podcast, where we talk about everything and anything related to pregnancy through the first year of your child's life. Every episode, we will discuss and interview experts on all the questions expectant and new parents want to know,
0: such as creating the perfect birth plan, infant sleep and tips and tricks for parenting a
1: newborn. Welcome to the show. Hey there, Shelly. How are you? I'm good. How
0: are you doing? Good. Good. This week we're going to be talking with Dr. Brittany Falcone about easing your aches and pains during pregnancy.
1: Ooh, very good topic. We know how that feels. <laughs> oh, I know. I had. I hated being
0: pregnant. I had the worst pregnancies. I had the pubic symbosis or whatever it's
1: called. Oh, so painful.
0: I couldn't mm-hmm. like, get myself out of bed.
1: I've never had it, but I've heard and I've seen people suffer with it. It's just mm-hmm. so sad to see.
0: Yeah. And sometimes during the birth, like the pelvic bones will separate too. And then the parents have to go through physical therapy while they're still in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. But first, let's do our favorites of the week.
1: Great. Why don't you go first? Well, you and I discussed a few minutes ago, relationship stuff and our favorites uh, pertaining to relationships. And I have to say, we are recording now in December and my children gave me for Christmas a photo shoot with a photographer who's a friend of my daughter's. And she did family pictures of me and my kids and of the kids all together And what a wonderful thing that was for Christmas. I have to say it was touching because if anything, I love more than anything else, it's family time. So the fact that they arranged and everybody wore relatively matching things, it was really a special day and the pictures came out beautiful. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely my favorite of this week. I saw them on your Facebook.
0: (laughs) I'm always like just real talk. I'm always slightly jealous when I see you put up pictures of you and your family because you are also freaking photogenic. (laughs) It is so not fair. Like most of the women in my family are not photogenic and it doesn't matter what we look like. If we snap a photo,
1: it's like, what the heck? (laughs) You have a beautiful family and every picture I've seen of your family has been gorgeous. Yeah.
0: We just don't, I don't know. We don't
1: photograph (laughs) well. But you always have like
0: the best family photos. Like it's not, your family photos are never like posed. It's like you guys need like keeling over in laughter and and stuff like
1: that. And that's what always makes me think these are not going to turn out okay. That's what I was worried about during the photo shoot. The kids were Hilar- they were hysterically laughing. They were making inappropriate jokes. They were like, people had their middle fingers up. I'm like, I don't know how this is going to go, but they came out good. I was really mm-hmm.
0: pleased. Yeah. Those are always my favorite when you guys yeah. are like caught laughing in the moment or whatever. <laughs>
1: yeah. Probably have a good time.
0: Yeah. And what's yours? So this week, my favorite, it's just, it's more like a shout out to my husband, John, who is typically very terrible. At gift giving, like, uh-huh. ter- terrible. You know, everyone has their strong points and their weak points. And his weak point is gift giving. Like he just doesn't. He never knows what to get me. I could hand him like an Amazon wish list <laughs> and have everything linked, and he would still be like, I don't know what to get you. <laughs> <laughs> and then he procrastinates, and then he panics. So like for Mother's Day, I usually get gift card from Starbucks that he picked up on his way home, and right. like with the card that he has everyone hastily sign. But this year he did good for Christmas. I had my ears pierced, but I never wear earrings because my ears are very, I don't think I'm allergic, but they're very sensitive to most materials that earrings are made out of. So if I wear earrings, like my ears get really red and inflamed and such a bummer because I love earrings. But he went and found earrings made of Nairobian. Have you heard of that? This is like new to me. Yeah. It's the same metal that pacemakers are made out of. Wow. Yeah. So it's supposed to be like 100% allergen free. So he bought me these Nairobian earrings that had, they were made of like hand-blown glass. Like (gasps) a teardrop with these little, they're beautiful. And I wore them and my ears were fine. (gasps) And it was so great. Yeah. And he also bought me some nose ring hoops made out of the same material and had them dyed rose gold so I could because I've always wanted because my nose ring stud is titanium but titanium is really expensive so I've never swapped out my nose ring for anything else because it's like I don't want to spend the money on that but now he got me these so I'm gonna have that swapped out which is nice nice yeah and what I was like really surprise, yeah because usually he's yeah. terrible at it and You know, I would say like 2020 has been such a crappy year, but he's been really great for the most part through the whole thing. Like he stays at home now and he does all the cooking and all the cleaning. He gets up earlier. Like he'll say like, what time are you getting up? And then he gets up a half hour earlier so he can make my coffee and my breakfast and he brings it to me. When I get home, he has dinner waiting. I haven't cooked or cleaned like in forever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) like, and he's very supportive. He
0: listens to the podcast and like actually listens because he'll be like, oh, I listened to your episode today and I totally agree with what was said about this, 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 ABC. And I'm like, wait, you listened to this episode on pelvic floor health? And he's like, yeah. he's like I never knew that woman had to go through that. This, I'm like, oh my gosh. That's awesome. Yes. And I will say, and, and maybe this isn't appropriate to say, but I don't care. The man gets rewarded. Okay, it is true what they say, that if you are a partner who is complaining that you're not getting enough sex, right, clean the house, okay, (laughs) cook (laughs) dinner, it works, okay, (laughs) it is so true what they say, because if I'm working the amount of hours that I'm working and then had to come home and clean and cook, I would not have enough energy to have any fun in the bed that night. (laughs) But I do because I come home and I don't have to do anything. He's like, "Why don't you go sit and knit while I make dinner and wash the dishes?" And your man is like very happy.
1: Planet. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I would. So that's like my shout out to my husband and some advice for other partners who might be listening who are feeling like a little cold in the bed. Do some dishes, fold some laundry, (laughs) cook some dinners, and you will get what you want. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's totally true
1: i love this
0: this is hilarious yeah good there's you. nothing nothing sexier to me than a man who's washing dishes i'm just saying
1: <laughs> oh that's awesome mm-hmm. good for you good for john go john
0: yep so i know he'll be listening to this so this is the shout out <laughs>
1: Maybe we should interview John sometime. Right? Yeah,
0: <laughs> uh-huh. you know, we should do like a stay-at-home dad episode or something like that. Yeah, there's not too many of them out there. Uh-huh. I
1: agree. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great idea. Hey, right, let's move on to our great question idea. of the week. Yes. <laughs>
0: So this week's question is, I'm currently supplementing my three-week-old after every breastfeeding with pumped milk, and I think the baby's taking more of the breast. How do I cut back on the supplementation? Go ahead, Shal. So usually, if you're reducing supplementation, there's two things that you want to keep in mind. You want to keep it gradual, and you want weight checks while you're doing it. You know, it can be helpful to see an IBCLC and have a test weight done to see how much the baby is actually transferring from the breast. And then that way you can come up with a more clear plan for the supplementation. But typically what I tell parents, you know, is if you're giving, as an example, I'm just throwing numbers out there. If you're giving an ounce after every breastfeeding and the baby gained well, then you could either do two things. You could either cut, keep supplementing after every feeding, but cut it in half. So do half an ounce. Mm-hmm. Or you can keep it an ounce, but do it after every other feeding. So you, either way, you're cutting the supplement, the total supplement amount a day in half. If you keep the baby at that amount for three to five days a week at the most, have the baby weight again. If the weight is good, cut it in half again. Then have the baby weight again, cut it in half. And you do that, you follow that pattern until you're no longer supplementing. Yep. So we don't typically recommend cold turkey supplementation except in rare situations because it's easy for babies to lose weight again if there is an issue with transferring. Right. Yeah. Yep. Important points really you need to know why you need to supplement in the first place because there's supply issue but then there's also transferring issue and you could have a great supply and a baby who can't transfer milk and so reducing supplementation even though you think okay now I have more milk so I can start cutting back but if the baby can't transfer what you have out there then it's not going to work very well
1: Yep, agreed
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that was a
1: great question yeah, that is a good question and well answered, Shelly. Good job with that. And I agree. You don't want to see the baby drop off. So mm-hmm. again, another reason why having why working with somebody who can come to your home and help you with this and all your planning, your feeding planning strategies, just such a good idea.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Agreed. And I wish we had little measuring dashes on our breasts that would tell us how much the baby's getting. <laughs> <I> <laughs> that know. would make my job so much easier. <laughs> I know. My but we don't. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So next we're going to be talking with Dr. Brittany Falcone. Wonderful. Hey everyone. I just wanted to chat with you a little bit about one of the biggest obstacles that I see expecting and new families facing when they're having a baby and that's lack of support and community. I know that having a baby can be overwhelming. There's so many resources out there. Some of them are better than others. You never quite know if you're getting the most updated evidence-based information, and also there's the lack of support. So that's why I created the Baby Pro Bistro. You can join the Baby Pro Bistro and get monthly support before and after your baby arrives. The Baby Pro Bistro provides you with all your prenatal and new parenting needs. So when you join, you get the prenatal childbirth education class, the prenatal breastfeeding class, the prenatal newborn care class, and the prenatal infant sleep education. You also get postpartum information like a starting solids webinar, community support, and expert speakers who talk on various subjects such as infant massage and pelvic floor health. This week I'm so excited to introduce Dr. Brittany Falcone. She is a chiropractor. Her business is Worcester Family Chiropractic, and she is here to talk about chiropractic care during pregnancy. Welcome, Brittany. Hi, Shelly. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you. I've been seeing you as, you know, you're my chiropractor for a while now. And you took away my TMJ pain that I suffered with for most of my adult life. Yeah. And then you're like, I just
2: have to have you on my podcast. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm such a great conversationalist, so that helps too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You want to (laughs) tell us a little bit about yourself? I would love to. I think the biggest question I usually get asked is, why did I decide to become a chiropractor? And for some people, when they get asked about their profession, that might be a short story, but mine's a little bit long, and it came from a personal experience around chiropractic. I was actually the first person in my family to go to the chiropractor, and it was for the embarrassing condition of bedwetting. And still, even to this day, saying it, I get a little bit nervous, and it's something that is embarrassing for me but I was 10 years old and I just started wetting the bed out of nowhere every single day for almost an entire year. And my parents tried all these crazy things. I had to wear these like pads that when they got wet, this big alarm would go off and, you know, no drink. Yeah. No drinking after a certain time. And I just remember the lengths we went to, to like figure this out. And somebody told my mom to try chiropractic and I'm guessing, you know, she obviously, you know where this story's going. She uh, uh, took me, but I'm sure she at first thought, wow, this person's crazy. Like Mm -hmm. my daughter doesn't have back pain. She doesn't have neck pain. Like she wets the bed, but she did take me. And I was one of those cases where I had my first treatment and I didn't actually wet the bed for an entire week. And that was, I know it was a pretty amazing. And like I said, I never had any back pain. And that was a very transformative experience for myself and for my family because It made us realize that our back's about a whole lot more than our back. And I started going regularly. And then my mom said, well, if that helped Brittany with this, like, how could it help me? And then my mom and my stepdad and my brother all started going to the chiropractor. And it's something that we did together regularly as a family. And that's really what got my foot in the door with chiropractic. I wouldn't say I knew at 10 years old or 11 years old that I wanted to dedicate my life to this profession, but over the course of a couple of informal internships in the summer with my chiropractor and going to several other different types of health offices, most people love their chiropractor, just like you said, it's something Mm -hmm. that they look forward to doing. It's not something that's scary they leave feeling better. And so just that personal experience along with the vibe that you have in a chiropractic office is ultimately what led me to be, you know, where I am today.
0: Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And I know that when we were living further away from you, one of the kids, I won't say which one to spare them any embarrassment, (laughs) but one of them was also wetting the bed. And I took them to chiropractic care and acupuncture as well. And that pretty much resolved the issue. It was amazing. And like I said earlier, like I suffered from jaw pain for years and years and years, and you were the first one to be able to, I think it only took like three sessions, right? And
2: Yeah. It wasn't long. No, not at all. Right. Um, Yeah. That's what I love about what I do is I think we tend to just think back, back, back and headaches and mm -hmm. back pain, but people can benefit from lots of, with lots of different issues from chiropractic care. Yeah.
0: I was a little okay. mad, actually. I was like, you're telling me that I've been suffering this long with this jaw pain and I could have had it resolved years ago with like three yep. sessions. <laughs> you're just too good, Brittany. <laughs> Thank you.
2: you had you seen chiropractors prior to coming to my office too?
0: Yeah, but it wasn't for jaw pain. It was for other, but mostly I didn't, I wasn't consistent. I mostly took my kids. Like my youngest son, Hunter, had a lot of reflux and a recessed chin when he was a baby. So I took them and that helps a lot.
2: Like most moms, we tend to put the health of our children before our own. And Mm -hmm. that's something in my practice that I try to really put forth as a priority. Women, especially women who have growing families. And I just think it's great to take a small chunk of time for yourself. And as you know, the visits can be quick, what, 10 to 15 minutes, and you can leave feeling like a different person. And I think every mom has 10 minutes once a month Mm -hmm. for themselves. and, And that's what I like to offer especially in this situation.
0: Yeah. And when you were a kid too, I bet it wasn't, I mean, I feel like chiropractic care has become more popular and more well-known. Are you calling me old? No, I think we're about (laughs) the same age. If I'm calling you old, I'm calling me old. Yeah, right. (laughs) But I'm just saying, even when I was a kid, like it wasn't, nobody talked about chiropractors unless it was like, oh, you know, those quacks or whatever. But now I think people, when I bring up chiropractic care to families who I think might benefit, they're like, even if they haven't been to a chiropractor, like, oh, my sister goes and takes her kids or my cousin goes and takes her kids. So I think it's becoming a more well-known thing.
2: Oh, hundred percent. I think, like, as I said, when my, somebody, I don't even know who it is to this day who told my mom to bring me to a chiropractor, but she does vividly remember just being like, this person must be insane. Like mm-hmm. a chiropractor can't help my child. And it's become much more mainstream and it's been a profession actually the first chiropractic adjustment was delivered in 1895 so it's not an overly new profession I don't I can't do the math roughly but what 135 <laughs> years or something like that don't ask me um, to math <laughs> Yeah right <laughs> So it's been around for quite some time but I think obviously with the internet and the ability to access information it's becoming a lot more people are going but still even in the United States I think 8 or 10% of Americans will ever see a chiropractor even though we all have spines. So Mm -hmm. I think there's still some room for accessibility
0: out there. Is it higher, do you know, in other parts of the world?
2: I actually don't know what the percentage is in other parts of the world, but despite the fact that you'll hear, oh yeah, I've been, or someone I know has been, it's not a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't even be 25%, I don't think, in other countries.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess we should probably take a couple steps back and tell anyone who doesn't know who's listening what exactly chiropractic care is. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So chiropractic literally means done by hand in Greek, if you break it down. So really, our hands are a main method for diagnosing and treating a variety of musculoskeletal complaints. And really what sets us apart from every other type of medical profession is how our treatments to the spine not only affect your pain, but affect the underlying function and the underlying nervous system. Cause there is a close relationship to those two structures. Oh, I do have a spine. Look at that. I'm so prepared. <laughs> Cause yeah, not a lot of people even know like what a nervous system is, but so our spine is all these different colored bones here. These are called our vertebra. And then these little yellow things coming out here are what we call our nerves and our mm. nerves are a way that our brain sends information down through our spine out through these little nerves, like information highways that go to every part of our body. And so when we treat the spine, we can help people feel better. But as I said, we can help their body work better and function too by affecting these nerves.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's so really just great. as an example, like how does adjusting the spine or whatnot help with bedwetting?
2: Great question. Certain levels of the spine and the nerves that come out of there go to different organs. So the nerves that come out of the neck, go to the eyes, the ears, the nose, the throat, The nerves from the upper back go to the heart and the lungs and then specifically the nerves in the low back. So like in the pelvis and the tailbone and the green bones, the lumbar spine here, the nerves that come out of this area uh, go to the GI system, the reproductive system, and then the bladder. So if there was some misalignment here that was putting pressure on a nerve that was going to my bladder, then it can upregulate something or it can downregulate it. So in my case, it obviously upregulated my function. It made me you know, wet the bed and pee more often than I should be or stopped my body from telling my brain that I needed to go to the bathroom right, and not letting me wake up. On the flip side, like I said, it can actually downregulate things sometimes. So for example, I'll see a lot of kids with constipation, so they're not going to the bathroom enough. And that can be coming from one of those misalignments on the spine that's putting pressure on the nerves that go to the digestive system. If we can remove that traffic jam, remove that interference, then the body just works the way it's supposed to, which means it won't want the bed. It'll go to the bathroom regularly. You won't have jaw pain in your case. I really don't view like I treat anything. You know, I mm-hmm. treat the spine. Again, I think I've removed just those traffic jams, those interference, those areas where there's, I don't even know, blockages. Yeah, traffic jams the only word I can come up with. But <laughs> just let the body do what it's supposed to do. Like we're supposed mm-hmm. to be happy, healthy, thriving people. And sometimes just things get in the way of that. And that's mm-hmm. my job.
0: Great. So I get this question a lot, like, how does chiropractic care differ from other modalities of like body work, like yeah. um, massage or physical therapy, things like that?
2: Yeah, that's a tough, not a tough question, but a comp- not even complicated. But I'd say number one, I would always preface it with I'm not a massage therapist or physical therapist. So yeah. I always will just talk about what I know, which is chiropractic. But in my mind, I would say... If you talk about massage and physical therapy, those are much more soft tissue, much more muscularly motivated. So massage, they're massaging your muscles. Physical therapy, you're going to get stretching and strengthening and different modalities that might loosen up or strengthen different muscles. Whereas is much more structurally motivated. We're much more concerned about the alignment of the spine, you know, whether it's symmetrical on either side, and then of course, as I said, that underlying nervous system. And I think mm-hmm. that that correlation between structure and function the spine and the nervous system is what sets chiropractic apart from everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might be semantics, but we are, you know, we deliver those adjustments. Some, you're right. Some other types of like osteopaths can manipulate the body, but their underlying goal is different. Our goal mm-hmm. is to improve the structure and thereby improve the function and improve the nervous system function.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's the biggest difference.
0: Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Okay, good. <laughs> I imagine like our culture's lifestyle too doesn't help with the way our spine and nervous system lines up. Like we're not as, as a species, we're kind of meant to be up moving and walking and bending and twisting and turning. And instead we kind of sit in awkward angles and slouch over and look down on Mm -hmm. our phones and things like that.
2: Yeah. And even now with COVID, you know, just being in front of our computer for hours on end, Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how much in the past six months I've just been saying like, you need intentional movement. I'm not even talking exercise. People get intimidated by the word work out, but you're right. We kind of live in this zone, like walking, moving, cleaning, going up and down the stairs, being in front of our computer. Mm-hmm. But there's this whole other world of motion mm-hmm. where we can move our body and we just don't do it enough. And ton of repet especially as moms, I mean we're talking about chiropractic care during pregnancy or while after pregnancy, while caring for an infant. I mean, there's a lot of repetitive postures that come along with rearing children and caring for them. And I'm so thankful to to be able to help women in the way that I can with those different things. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And I like to think of you as someone who specializes in pregnant parents and babies. And so I referred a lot of families to you. Would you agree that you, that's kind of your forte? Yeah,
2: Yeah. Yeah. I can truly, yes, I can truly say I'm a pediatric specialized chiropractor. So I hold a board certification in pediatric chiropractic, which is basically, if you think of chiropractic as like your major, then Pediatric chiropractic is my minor, Mm -hmm. um, but it's all done postdoc. So it's all done after you go to chiropractic college and, you know, it's a bunch of classes and I had to do some in-office research, like studies with the patients, getting them involved in doing different quizzes and questionnaires to advance the profession, big test, different things like that. And it's designed to be completed, I think in two to three years, depending on like, if you're pretty aggressive with it, but it did take me like four Just with having a child and a couple different moves, but I finally got it done, which is great. So I have some extra letters after my name for that board certification in pediatrics. Mm -hmm. Now when it comes to pregnancy, there is no such thing as like an OBGYN chiropractor that doesn't exist. However, there is a special certification you can get called the Webster technique or the Webster method. And that is that specific treatment and analysis for pregnant women. But compared to my ICPA certification in pediatrics, which took, again, take, can take about three years, you can get the Webster technique done in three weekends and written tests and a physical test. So within a few months, you can get that done, for example. So a little bit easier to attain. But that's pretty much if you looked at the demographics of my practice, I would say that I see maybe 30 percent infants and I would say that'd be like under six months of age. I'd say 30 percent are pregnant or about to have a baby because obviously Mm. that's a dynamic time frame. And then the other 40 percent are a variety of people like you. So you're a Mm. mom, but you don't have a small child or an infant or a dad because they often feel left out once mom and baby and the family starts coming in and grandmas and grandpas. I like to joke, I called my office Worcester family chiropractic for a reason because I really do envision taking care of the entire family here.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love your offices. So the atmosphere is so great and relaxed. It's like you come in and you can immediately feel like, oh, in the air. <laughs>
2: yeah. Thank you. I really wanted to create a space when I, I've only been my own independent office now. I was an employee previously in Worcester. February of, will be 2 years which is kind of crazy and and I knew like I had this little dream in my mind and I knew what I wanted to create to create that environment where again moms and kids could come to get the care that they need in a way that doesn't feel stressful for them because I know how stressful it is leaving the house with an infant or a toddler mm-hmm. and what are they going to get into is there going to be a diaper changing station there and I feel like we've deliberately designed the office in a way that can allow again moms and kids to come in in the best way, you know, you can't think of everything, but mm-hmm. like I said, just to get the care that they need and, and the lowest stress possible. I have a great staff too. So, mm-hmm. and one of them's my mom. So mm-hmm. of course, <laughs> <laughs> if she watches this, she'll hear me say how awesome I think she is, but really I couldn't do it by myself. So I've made some good hiring decisions and I've got a great team of people behind me because I'm not a one woman show.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right. Awesome. So in regards to chiropractic care during pregnancy. How can is first of all, is it safe? That's a really great question. And the answer
2: to that is yes. Even if you're not seeing a Webster certified doctor, it's still something safe that you can do. Mm -hmm. I like to say to pregnant women that if you were to see a chiropractor who isn't trained in the Webster technique, they likely wouldn't hurt you. They would just not do enough for you. I think we generally believe that with pregnancy, we're going to do less or we're going to be more gentle or We're not going to do as many things, but that's not the case. We actually approach the body more comprehensively when you're pregnant in a gentle way. Yes, but we do a lot more with you in terms of quantity to balance the pelvis fully. So the answer is it's safe. And through all trimesters and through all phases, ultimately it's up to the woman. We want them to only come in if they do feel safe being here, whether that's at week six of pregnancy or week 36. But no matter the size of their belly, we have different pillows and we have a table that can accommodate their growing abdomen to make the care more comfortable and more safe and more effective for them.
0: And what kind of things can chiropractic care help with during pregnancy?
2: Yeah, I say the to be cliche, the number one thing we'll see is low back pain. I think the most recent study, I think it's 80% of women who are pregnant will have an episode of back pain, like severe back pain, debilitating back pain during their pregnancy. So that's the number one reason women come in. I'd say the second most common reason is upper back pain. I think that, yes, their like bellies pulling them forward down here, but then they get a lot of growing breasts, and everything's pulling through the top too. So we'll see a lot of upper back pain and headaches. And then I'd say the third most common thing we'll see is like symphysis pubis dysfunction, like SPD, if you've heard of that, or kind of hip pain and grind pain, which could be different, Diagnoses depending on what's going on. So, you might have like a round ligament issue um, or just a hip flexor issue. But I'd say low back pain, upper back pain, and headaches, and then SPD and like front of the abdomen pain. And those are the the top conditions. We do get a handful of patients. There is some research to support that chiropractic care during pregnancy can make labor times quicker and easier. So, I hope that every, I want every pregnant woman under chiropractic care because. There's a ton of research to support that when we balance the pelvis, that your birth will just be easier and quicker. And I think that's what every pregnant woman probably want, have a little less pain and not be in labor for as long. So that's another reason why women will come. They've just, they're planning a home birth or they heard that it could, you know, just help ease this process for them. And that's my favorite client because they're here, not because they have a ton of pain.
0: Yeah. And I wish I had known about this with my pregnancies because I had, especially with my second horrible SPD to the mm-hmm. point where I couldn't really get out of bed on my own. It hurt so yeah. bad. And luckily for me, though, as soon as she came out, she was born, it went away. But I know mm-hmm. from working with pregnant parents who give birth, sometimes it doesn't go away and they have mm-hmm. to work with the physical therapist and whatnot, but it can be really uncomfortable. I did not enjoy being pregnant. I had the most uncomfortable pregnancies. <laughs> now, that I'm like, now that I know like all the options that are out there, That could have helped me. I'm like, why didn't someone tell me that? Right.
2: That's why we're doing this. So we can help other people. But that's what I hope really by doing this. I would not say I'm a great public speaker, not that we're public speaking, but I'm not a great, not the most fabulous communicator all the time. But I hope that something that I say or something that we do will positively impact someone in the way it impacted me. But when you know more, you do better, right? So, Mm -hmm. and now you get to help all the people that you help in your practice with, Mm -hmm. with the experiences you've gone through.
0: Yeah. Do you think chiropractic care helps
2: with the baby's position in you? For public record, I'm supposed to tell you that chiropractic care does not impact baby's position in utero. It's not a breech turning technique because I'm not trained to, I'm only trained to treat the pregnant mom, not the unborn baby. However, has a woman ever said that their baby's gotten into a better position because of after a chiropractic adjustment just by timing wise yes that's happened but I believe again when you just anatomically like if you look at the pelvis here and then baby likes to come through right here I love this image because that's really what happens besides (laughs) the fact that this is a man's (laughs) pelvis there's some sort of misalignment here you can see how that can actually narrow the opening where baby Mm -hmm. wants to come out Mm -hmm. or they can't get head down because there's so much constriction and so much tension down there so that when we can balance this, then baby's more free to move in the position that they need to. you know they want to be head down, they're supposed to be head down. there's just something in the way stopping them from doing that. and if that's something is musculoskeletal tension from their alignment, then chiropractic care is absolutely going to help that. If it's being caused by some other reason, then it probably doesn't matter what we do to adjust them, um, but it certainly can aid the situation along with other at-home remedies like I'm sure people have heard of spinning babies and. Mm-hmm acupuncture that can all help with baby positions.
0: And for someone who has never been to a chiropractor and Mm -hmm. is interested, but kind of nervous, can you just explain like what a parent would expect going to your office? Like what the process would look like?
2: Sure. As a pregnant mom? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the first, you mean from the first moment they call on the
0: phone? Or just like when they come in, in like what are they going to be expected to do? What position are they going to be
2: Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So usually with, at least in my office, all patients will go through a nervous system scan, which is three sets of scans. So we do ask them to remove their shirt and at least unclasp their bra. They can leave their pants on and we give them a gown that they wear with the opening to the back. Um, so we don't ask them to remove their pants and we won't be like evaluating anything pelvicly without their clothes on, which they might be used to for their typical ob appointments. But we will do some scans on their back that look at muscle balance and look at inflammation. And we can also look at how their body's responding to stress. And that can help us necessitate care or even measure progress a little objectively because we obviously can't take x-rays on them. So we need something else that we can do to look at their body. So that's kind of step one. Step two, they meet with me. We do history and a consultation to kind of ask questions and figure out based on their experience what they think is going on. And then we'll perform a physical exam that will, they'll be standing typically, we'll look at their posture, we'll have them go through some ranges of motion, and then there'll be a portion of the exam where they're face down on the table and a portion where they're face up. I am guess you're probably wondering, like, how are they going to get on the table? Good news is I'm at my office, so I can show you, at least I think. Let's see. So my table has this cool piece here. Let
0: me know. I'm going to turn around. Can you see it, Shelly? Yeah, so it looks like the middle of the table just drops down at a slant. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So if the table had a belly or the patient had a belly and they were laying face down on the table there, then we can accommodate it. Oh, there's and then plenty we can of even, room there. Yeah. We can lift that up and even have this pillow so we can like put this underneath their hips. Sorry, I'll mm-hmm. fix the camera in a second. Well, not the best, but mm-hmm. you can see now we can get that pillow underneath them and give them quite a bit of room for their belly. I've had the pleasure of taking care of quite a few twin moms. And one of my tables has even more room than this. So we're able to get them on. The other option I have are these pillows here, which I'll use for babies too. You can't really see, but what you will might notice is they have these big, this circle indent out of the center right
0: here. Oh, you know, it kind of looks like a dock
2: Yeah. So <laughs> I think like two or three or four of these, and it has a whole cutout of the center just for the mom's belly. And we can lay this flat on the table and prop them up and give them even more space, depending. Nice. Now, of course, some women just don't feel comfortable on their belly. And that's my ultimate concern, or I want them to be, you know, feeling safe. Sometimes we'll perform the adjustment and some of the analysis side lying if that's how they feel most comfortable. But mm-hmm. usually most women, their favorite part of coming to my office is laying on their belly. Because <laughs> yeah. if anybody... They don't watching, get to. <laughs> yeah, if they've been watching this, you don't get to your stomach like, do I have to roll over already? So like I said, we're able to get them on the table and face down and face up and do some different tests and range of motion and figure out what's going on, Mm -hmm. how we best can help them.
0: And then when you're adjusting, when you're doing the actual adjustments, what could they expect that to feel like?
2: Mm, Good question. There is over a hundred different technique options in chiropractic to adjust a joint or to again, manipulate the structure to improve the underlying function and reduce pain. One of the ways is with our hands, I'd say that's the most typical option that you might think of when you think of chiropractic, or if you ever search chiropractors on YouTube, don't do it. It's a little bit scary. That's not what most visits are like. Am I right, Shelly?
0: Yeah. Don't okay, don't good. do it. <laughs> don't <laughs> it's do like it. it's like asking Google about a headache. You'll convince yourself yeah. you had like brain cancer or something. <laughs> like,
2: yeah. You just go down this rabbit hole and you'll be scared. I promise you, again. Most people love being here, but there can be some, if you've ever like cracked your finger, sometimes some of the adjustments we can do, the spine can involve some releases like that, that have that cracking or popping noise. That's kind of the top tier adjustment. I'd say what, what I would consider the most firm or the most aggressive, which we can do when you're pregnant. Sometimes a lot of people think like, oh, I'm pregnant. I can't do that. That's not true. It's really based on if obviously if the patient has any underlying conditions that would gear us not to do that how comfortable they feel or what's going to get them the best results. That's another option we have that I'd say is the complete opposite of that. The lowest form is this little instrument right here. It's called an activator. And it is a handheld tool that I can engage and deliver a force through the end of this tip here. And it doesn't look like it's doing much, but I can show you it has four different settings on it. So says like setting one, you can see it all the way up to a four. So, I'll show you kind of what a one looks like with this little tool. So, if I hit this with my finger, it doesn't really do anything. Like, I can't, even if I try to hit it really hard and really fast, it doesn't move.
0: Yeah, it's just so it's like that bead in the tube doesn't
2: move. Yeah, but you can see that if I use this tool, it provides a quick enough force that can have that force translate through the tissue and penetrate the tissue that deep. So, that would be a good pressure for like the neck, but in the low back, that wouldn't be enough. So, like a four, which is our highest setting you can see that actually makes it hit the top. So that's going to get that deep through the patient's body Mm -hmm. if we want to get into like the hips or the low back. But really, if you feel it on your hand and you see it engage, it's not even making my hand move. It doesn't really feel like much, but it packs a big punch, so to speak, and can get the job done.
0: Kind of looks like a mini pogo stick that you hold. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And some kids, they they do think it kind of looks like a shot. I have a little kid one here that they love. And I'm like, oh, look, like you can do it too. And it even does cute (laughs) like little clicks. It's not real. It's not a real actual tool, but I'll let them play with it and it makes them feel more comfortable. The other option we have is with the table here. So this is called a Thompson technique. And what this is, the table falls down underneath the patient just slightly. So you can see that. So it lifts up. And then when we push on the patient, then the table falls down and that enables us to use gravity to make our treatment a little bit stronger.
0: And you use that when adjusting me too.
2: Yeah, definitely. And it's actually the preferred technique in pregnancy. It's the way the Webster technique was designed. And then the last option we have is my table does have this feature where it can actually like um, stretch the low back out and kind of go left and right and go down towards the ground. And that's also something that doesn't involve like any cracking or popping or any quick movements and is very gentle way to receive treatment. And we'll generally in the office, again, barring any medical reason or patient preference, we'll generally employ a couple of different options with pregnant women when they come in just to find what they like and, and what they don't. And pregnancy is different than when they're not. So even if they've had chiropractic before, they might not want to do the same things or might not get the same results when they're expecting. So I like to use a couple of different things just to yeah. figure out what's going to be best for them.
0: Yeah. And you know, cause we joke about it all the time. Every time I come in that I had always had the activator used on me because I was yeah. like, I don't want to hear any cracking. And then you were like, but I think we really need to like <laughs> get this moving. And I'm so <laughs> glad that you convinced me to do it. But every time there's cracking, I internally, am like this, I'm okay, I'm okay. I'm okay.
2: And I think that's normal. I think it'd be strange if you picked up somebody's head and they if there was some cracking somewhere and you weren't a little bit nervous, I think that's Mm -hmm. a natural instinct. And I've been adjusted since age 10. And I still get a little bit of like that anxiety. But again, Mm -hmm. your chance of having a serious adverse event from a chiropractic adjustment, pregnant or not is like one in 4 million. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very low risk. We definitely take more risk, you know, driving our car every day or Mm -hmm. think you can get struck by lightning and in a plane crash on the same day is more likely yeah. than you getting super hurt from a chiropractic right. adjustment.
0: So, it never hurts. Uh, never. Yeah. It has never once hurt. And <laughs> I still am like, oh my gosh, you're going to crack my back right now. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I am known for that. I definitely pushed you to do something different. And I know that that was hard, but I'm, I am glad that we, and I'm not afraid. I'll, I'll definitely respect the patients. I really, really don't want to do it. But sometimes I'm like, I really think that we need to do this and it's going to be safe. And most people trust me mm. and it's usually worth it, which is good.
0: Oh, it totally is. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then postpartum after they've had the baby, what kind of things can chiropractic care help with?
2: Yeah. That is my favorite time to take care of pregnant women is in the postpartum period. Because as I said before, and I've been there and I've done it too, you just, we don't take care of ourselves very well. And there's a lot of, I think your body goes through greater change becoming unpregnant more quickly than it does becoming pregnant. And you pushed a baby through your pelvis, and then no one sees you for six or eight weeks and you're breastfeeding and life is stressful and you're not sleeping. So I love to be that kind of point person that can see them in a safe way and, and help them feel better and kind of work through some of the different things that they have going on musculoskeletally. I'd say the biggest things I see, sometimes I'll see a lot of wrist stuff like
0: carpal tunnel or like a oh, mother's yeah. thumb. We'll Especially see that a when l- like breastfeeding or pumping. Yeah. I see that a lot too.
2: Yeah. So we can do different adjustments and alignments to the wrist and the elbow and the shoulder to kind of help with some of those upper extremity. Lots of headaches and upper back tension. I'd say that's way more common. The new mom backache.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Because you're staring down at your baby while you're feeding them (laughs) hours a day.
2: Yeah. Just looking at them, holding them, pumping, like you said, doing all that stuff. And then, yeah, I'd say those are the two most common things. But I mean, people can have low back pain just from sitting more or things that they had during pregnancy that never like fully resolved. They have the opportunity to heal that in that postpartum period. But I'd say most, like you said, after you had your baby the SBD went away like that. And I think that that's the experience for a lot of moms that we can get them through their pregnancy, get them feeling like a little bit better and not let it get worse and then kind of take care of whatever else
0: needs to happen afterward. And when someone comes to see you, like, is there a set number of sessions that they sign up for? Or is it all based on kind of what's going on with them? Like, does the treatment plan kind of look like?
2: Yeah, I like to say that every patient gets an individualized care plan. With that being said, there are general rules, we'll say, around pregnancy if they're in the office. Uh, Typically, first trimester moms I'm seeing monthly, so every four weeks or so. If there's really not a lot of pain or not a lot of concern and say they're just wellness patients. Typical second trimester moms are here twice a month. And then at some point in the third trimester, women are here weekly. Um, Sometimes it's right at 28 weeks, but I usually tell moms from 36 weeks on, I'm guessing they're going to want to be here weekly. If one of their goals is not just to feel better, but to help prepare their body for that birth process physically. The most important adjustment you can get is the one like right before and right after you have your baby. So that's kind of the general framework. But obviously if a patient comes in, like you had a lot of SPD, it was hard to walk. That treatment plan might look a bit more intense, a bit more frequent in the forefront. But our ultimate goal would be to get you back down to that, like whatever trimester you're in, what's the minimum that we need to see you to kind of keep you good. But we want to get you to a point where you're feeling better and every patient that looks a little bit different.
0: Mm -hmm. And is there like, if someone has just had their baby, would you say, oh, you know, wait a couple of weeks and then come see me? Or is it the sooner the better? Or is there like a timeline there? Yeah. I'm realistic. So I usually tell moms to plan a
2: four-week postpartum for a couple reasons. Like one, they might not have their baby on their due date. They might be 10 days late. So then they're here within three weeks. They might have a C-section. And then in that case, we don't want to see them till they've had their six-week you know, follow-up with their OBGYN. Life's crazy after you have a baby. I had adjusted five days after I had my daughter because I had access to it. So you can go sooner if you feel willing and able or, or you're have a great relationship with your chiropractor. You know someone. Molly, she's our front desk. She just had a baby on December 19th. So that was a week and a half ago. And I saw her the following Saturday. So within a week, she was here getting her spine evaluated because she had a vaginal delivery, uncomplicated. And again, she had access to it. So I'd say the sweet spot somewhere between one and six weeks. But again, there's kind of variations in there. My real hard patients who have home births and just love coming in. Most of them are here within two weeks or so, two to three weeks of having their baby. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's awesome because I'm sure it help, It just helps them make, even just the act of coming into your office, I'm mm-hmm. sure brings back a sense of, especially if they've been seeing you before during the pregnancy, like a sense of normalcy and somewhat of a routine, which can be really hard to feel when you've just had a baby.
2: Yeah, yeah definitely. And again, it's it's quick and it's like, all right, I can get out of the house, you know, whatever, drive there, the 10 15 appointment, get home. It's like, you know, maybe what, 45 minutes or an hour by the time they do that whole process. So it feels manageable for them. But you're right. I do. I feel really fortunate to play that role for them, just getting back to a little bit of self care and a little bit of normalcy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember my first visit with you was longer, but then since then, they're like 15 minutes. It's yeah. Quick. It doesn't take it like a whole lot of time, which no. is nice because, you know, we're all busy. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: Oh yeah, I know. I like to spend time with people on their first visit, which is good and bad. So I, I'll sometimes like my new patient consultations, cause I don't want to rush through them. And I might book out six weeks or so for right. We'll call it a right, a non third trimester patient, a non baby that has breastfeeding issues. We have some emergency slots available for them, but I really, like you said, I, I'm individualized care. I want to spend the time to figure out what's going on, figure out the best course of action, create that individual plan for them. And that can't be done quickly. Can't rush success. So, but follow-up visits are typically 10 or 15 minutes booked in the office.
0: Okay. Is there anything else that you want pregnant parents to, or postpartum parents to know about chiropractic care?
2: Yeah, I would say, I would guess say the one thing that I get asked all the time is, does insurance cover this? I think everyone wants to know that. Do you get asked that a lot too? All the time, yeah. <laughs> Good. I might as well address it because it's a thing that everybody wants to know. Insurance typically does cover chiropractic care during pregnancy and after, or even if you're not pregnant, if you're watching this podcast, every plan's different, but it's probably a benefit that you do have. So you should look into it and it can sometimes make the care more affordable. What I want you to know is that even if you don't have insurance, the care is still affordable. You know, a typical office visit is $50, I think. Um, for a follow-up visit. So if you're doing that once a month, you do the math. It's not a huge investment for you, and the results can be great. So yes, it's covered by insurance. And but two, even if you don't have great coverage, the care is really affordable.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is uh, such a relief because yeah, well, that's a whole another podcast episode about the state of yeah. our healthcare and insurance in <laughs> the Yeah, I <laughs> know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Brittany, can you tell parents where they can find you if they want to connect with you or find out more about you? Sure.
2: I would say, sorry, I have one more comment besides about how contacting me, you might be in a different state or in a different area of Massachusetts, or maybe even a different country. And you might be wondering, like, yeah, I do want to see a chiropractor during pregnancy. There is a website that you can go to. It's should I write it down? I will write it down.
0: You can send it to me and I'll put it in the show notes.
2: Yeah. It's ICPA4kids.com. And you can go on there and you can search by zip code, even in different countries, London, UK, Australia. And you can find chiropractors by zip code that have the Webster training or that have that board pediatric certification or even the higher levels that diplomate. That's higher than what I have so that you can get somebody that has similar training who's close to you. And I think that's an important resource for parents who might be watching this podcast. If you want to contact me, as uh, Shelly said in the beginning, it's Worcester Family Chiropractic, so it's com, And then my email address, which I'll send to Shelly too, is Dr. Brittany, Dr. Brittany at worcesterfamilychiro.com. And those are the best ways to get in contact with our office and with me personally.
0: Perfect. And I'm sure, you know, if you live in a different area, a lot of moms I see on Facebook will ask, you know, like Mm -hmm. anyone know of any good chiropractors that are good for pregnant women in the area. And I think that's a good way to get referrals too.
2: Facebook is amazing, especially Mm. every, I mean, when I lived in San Diego here in Massachusetts and Worcester County, there's a lot of great groups and they always know somebody. And oftentimes I'm on there somewhere and I get a lot of referrals that way too.
0: Yeah. Well, this was awesome. I think this is such an important topic because like you said, it can make a world of difference, especially if you are experiencing lots of discomfort in pregnancy and postpartum. Thank you so much for joining us and mm-hmm. for talking to us about this.
2: You're welcome, Shelly. Thank you for having me.
0: That was my have pleasure. a good night. Yeah, you too. Bye.
1: Thank you for joining us this week on the Baby Pro Podcast. Make sure
0: to visit our website, ShellyTaftIBCLC.com, where you can check out our online parenting community, The Baby Bistro. You can also follow us on social media at ShellyTaftIBCLC on Instagram. If you love the show, please leave a rating on iTunes so that we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Thanks for listening and see you in two weeks.